Welcome to the season two finale of the Recruiter's Review. I am your host and creator, Pat Mingarelli. In this final and most informative episode of season two, Emily Mulica and Mania Smith of NCR Voyex are my special guests. And it's special on two fronts. The first is that both are seasoned and top performing talent acquisition professionals, probably the best that I've had the privilege of working with over my years. They both work at all levels of hires and disciplines at their organization. So whether you're a sales representative, you're in a technical role, a programming role, or you're in leadership, they have been involved very deeply in many hires at all levels into their global organization. Emily and Monia are going to provide their insights and observations on the candidate behaviors and traits that both win and lose in the interview process. It's special on another front in that this finale is my transition episode that's going to take the recruiter's review into the next season to the other side of the desk. The series will now speak to the behaviors and strategies that both win and lose candidates as companies and corporations battle in this global talent war. Emily and Monia are excellent ambassadors for NCR, and they do an incredible job attracting talent into their interview processes. They're going to offer their insights into what a talent acquisition professional should and should not do. As well, they have a very key piece of advice for all hiring managers. This episode kicks off a number of episodes to come on what talent acquisition professionals, hiring managers, and executives need to know if they hope to win in the war on talent. And now this very special interview begins on the Recruiter's Review. we go. Uh, so joining me today at the Recruiters Review, two longtime friends, professional associates of mine, recruiters extraordinaire, Monia Smith, Emily Mulica. NCR organization, and they have made the transition uh, into the separation of the two NCR companies. Uh, just two incredible talent acquisition professionals who bring a lot of insight to the table. They have interviewed and hired at all levels from uh, technical levels at the desk all the way up to the C-suite. And uh, they're joining us today to give some insight uh, into the uh, trail end of the candidate season and the beginning of what I have for talent acquisition and hiring managers. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So today, um, on the candidate side, I would love it if you two could uh, talk on a couple of things. Um, and the first would be when you're interviewing, whether it's in person or over the phone or over a Teams, uh, what, has it that, what do you see in a candidate and what have they done that has made them stand out in the interview process, whether it's to you or maybe you're getting feedback from upline that a manager or executive is coming back to you telling you what this person did that made them stand out from their competition. I can speak on salespeople um, since that's been, I've been working in the sales organization for a really long time here at NCR, now NCR Boyix. Um, so definitely for salespeople, when I first initially speak with them, um, the first thing, you know, keywords is I want to make money. I'm going to close a deal. They want to have that hunter attitude. And if I get that, you know, I want to say vibe over the phone, um, you know, I pass that along to the hiring manager. And, you know, if they have the same feedback, I know they're ready, they're eager and they're ready to kind of rock and roll. Um, and, you know, this might sound kind of silly, but, you know, after um, an initial phone interview with myself and the hiring manager, 
if the candidate, you know, is that rock star person we're kind of looking for, if they send, you know, an old school fashion, thank you note, you know, it's not snail mail anymore. It's, you know, via email that always does really stand out to me. Not saying that will seal the deal, but, you know, I just had recent, a couple of recent interviews. They sent me a thank you note. We're already, you know, in final stages with some of these candidates. So just, you know, little things like that, um, you know, get you places, I think. Absolutely. Monia, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I do want to piggyback off of Emily about energy. Um, I love candidates that have great energy about the position, like they're actually excited about it. And then one key thing that does help me with candidates, if they tell me a personal story of the reason why they want this position or the reason why they want to work for NCR, um, I think Interviewing is like psychology, right? Once you tell someone a story about you, they feel like they know you. So um, it's easy to get hired for people that they feel like they know you, right? You have that relationship. So I always tell that simple little story to the hiring manager that kind of like get them out. Oh, this is the reason why they work here. And that also helped me get into NCR because I told a little story about how I sat outside hot in Atlanta and um, a recruiter actually referred me because I told them that personal story and we became, I guess, business friends or LinkedIn friends. I guess you could say that. <laughs> that is really good insight from both of you. It, it's interesting. It goes along with uh, some of the earlier episodes about why people do and don't get past first interview. You know, Emily, the summary for my audience is I, I love the the vibe to match themselves to the job. You're talking about a salesperson telling you about their money motivation and their mm -hmm. drive. Uh, I find people interview for positions and they cannot articulate to their interviewer why they fit the job at hand. And I, yeah. I can't advise a candidate more. You better know the job you're interviewing for and be ready to tell that interviewer why you fit and be ready mm -hmm. to explain why, not just say I'm, I'm, I'm a good fit, but the thank you note that is, we have yes. had some, and even at NCR, we've had this, we've, uh, we had some of the uh, prior managers, there were a few that were turned off when they had not heard from the candidate. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, that's uh, so important, but the, um, uh, Monia, you're talking about storyboarding. We just had an interview ourselves with another organization. And interesting enough, it's a former NCR manager who's gone to another payments company. And <laughs> she gravitated towards one particular candidate who was able to tell his story and the story about why he wanted to work for that company and her. Whereas all the other candidates, simple vanilla, answer the questions. What do you want to know next? So I love the storyboarding. That is really good insight. So thank you. Um I guess on the uh, uh, opposite end, have you two ever seen that person and you know they wanted the job and they probably even fit it, but somehow they shot themselves in the foot. And that could be anywhere from that first interview or maybe even at offer stage. Uh, maybe it was how they did salary negotiations or application errors or resumes that weren't matching up. Uh, just I'll throw that out to both of you. Where do you see people shooting themselves in the foot for the job that they're hoping to get? Um Again, we want to piggyback about having energy, but sometimes that you can um, pass that energy and be pushy. So reaching out to the hiring manager when they haven't reached out to you, like within 24 hours, um, you have to read the room. Um, if the hiring manager said, hey, it's okay to um, reach out to me, but, you know, or calling the hiring manager right after the interview when you had a virtual interview, 
like just filing their information and contacting them. I know that um, a lot of hiring managers are not um, in tune with that because they haven't made a decision. Correct. That's good. That's really good insight. Uh, uh, don't be premature. I'm, I'm a big believer in the follow up, but you'd better do it right. Don't uh, five minutes later. Hey, what's the next step? Uh, <laughs> you going to hire me? <laughs> Absolutely. I get it. Emily, what do you have? Sure. So that's a great question. A lot of candidates, you know, when you take a new position, obviously you want to do better for yourself. We all do. Um, but, you know, when you enter a new company, you, you know, obviously you want to make some more money and some, you know, talent acquisition consultants, we do this day in and day out. Do not lie to us. We're kind of like, um, you know, kind of FBI agents, I like to say. We find out things. We know people. We know a lot of, you know, we know the talent. We know the job market. We know the rates. You know, I know you're trying to, people try to upsell themselves, but if you're going to give me an astronomical number and, you know, kind of expect, expect me to get that for you, most likely not going to happen. I am, you know, your talent person and I'm going to go to bat for you and get you as much, you know, compensation, you know, as I can. Um, but if it's going to be kind of drastic and, you know, it's just, you know, let's just be realistic. We're all human. And, you know, especially as your talent people, we do know the market, you know, it's not, we're not going to give, you know, so-and-so X amount and, you know, it's just not going to work. Let's just, you know, be realistic. Yes. That's an excellent point because I actually, I see a lot of candidates, um, they blow it over compensation. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but there's another key point that I think a lot of people, when they come into a first interview and it's with the talent, act, talent acquisition, more often than not is the first level interview for most companies these mm -hmm. days. Right. And I believe that at certain levels, maybe entry level, not, but once you get into the mid and higher level, there's a mentality sometimes of the candidate that I'll just blow past the TA person. I can say anything. They don't know because they're not, they're not the hiring manager. Right. And I've, I have seen this across organizations. You're right. Talent acquisition. You guys are like FBI agents, you we know, you yes. so many people. <laughs> and I've always felt that most people that are in the TA seats could actually do the jobs that they're interviewing for. And I I've seen that with uh, my two guests here, they have the qualifications and knowledge to do the very jobs that they're interviewing for. So if you are taking that first interview at the TA level and not taking it seriously because they just you just think it's a resume walkthrough, you're absolutely wrong. And they should go back and listen to some of my earlier episodes about that first interview. That is really, really good insight. Um, if there's anything else on that front, we can keep talking or I'll go on to our, our other side of the uh, conversation. Um, I think those are the two main things that... Um... Um, being premature or um, going over the um, talent acquisitions um, um, conversation that they have with you because we may give you a certain salary and the heart we vested with the manager that we went over that and then you go over our heads. So that's. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too, where they're, they're not even agreeing with you and then they're in front of the manager. And yeah, yep. I call that blowing the deal at negotiation stages. Yeah. We just, yep. I, I've seen that many times. So. Uh, and it frustrates everyone at the end, including the candidate, because they probably would have been very happy with the offer in front of them. But they just decided at that 11th hour, well, let me see if I can get more. And that yeah. more just that little too much. <laughs> well, in, in the flip over, um, my my podcast is going to now be going to uh, the company side. And there really is a war on talent. And if uh, anyone has read the latest job reports, I believe um, the latest uh, 350,000 new jobs were added just this last quarter. Uh, and what I'm seeing in my seat, and I believe Money and Emily can say the same, there is not enough 
talent to match the number of openings out there. And I attribute that to a number of things. It's mainly demographics. We have some early retirees. Uh, there are people who are leaving for self-employment in their own businesses. And uh, at one point, the economy had a statistic when baby boomers were retiring. And that was for every three baby boomers that retire, there was only one generation next to take their place. Um, the subsequent generations are now leaving the workforce for self-employment, early retirement, whatever, and the numbers are even less in terms of who's available to replace them. So as a, a hiring manager and a talent acquisition person, when you get your hands on talent, you have to try to win that because everyone else is as, as well. So um, I'll ask you to, in today's competitive market, and let me stop here for a second. I will tell my audience, Emily Amonia will make anybody want to work for NCR. <laughs> That's why I'm asking them this question. They know how to attract talent. So in this competitive market, what do you think a TA professional needs to do above all to help the company win that person or people that they want in those seats? Sure. So I, I think, Pat, we always need to be on our A game. We need to be in the forefront of the industry that we're supporting, whether it's, you know, I support a lot of our digital banking group. I also support retail, you know, and software pretty heavily. Um, you know, things are constantly changing and we really do need to keep up with the different market trends. And I also am a firm believer in this. If you love your job and, you know, you love working for the company you work for, and I've worked for NCR Voyix now for over eight years, going into your number nine, kind of crazy. Easy but exciting. Um, you know, I can truly say I loved, I have loved all my time I've spent here so far. It's a company, you know, you want to stay in for a really long time. And if the candidates can truly hear, I think the talent acquisition you know, perspective and how much they love their company and their job, that makes you want to work here. I can't tell you how many candidates I've spoken to over all my years in this industry. They said, wow, you really love your company. It really wants me to, you know, I really want to come work for you guys. It sounds like you, you know, I know we're, you know, international, pretty large company, but I always say, you know, we kind of feel like family, like our teams all know each other well. We know different stories about each other. Um, you know, you also, you know, when you're going through the interview process, need to make sure, you know, you're prepping the candidate on that personal side. You know, I have very informal conversations with candidates. They're always like, wow, it just felt like I, I, you know, we've been friends forever that we're talking. I just, you know, I like to make the candidates feel comfortable. That's what I would, I would like, but you know, you also need to prep them for the second interviews with the hiring manager. Um, and, you know, you need to talk about also company value, the culture, and, you know, I'm a big, I always tell candidates, you know, you know, I want to help you grow your career. And we do, you know, we love to do that here at NCR Voyix and NCR Atlios. And, you know, all those things that we're speaking about, they definitely, you know, encompass why a person would come, you know, would want to come work for our company. That is really good. Monia, how about on your side? Um, I think that um, as talent acquisition, as recruiters, um, the position, we have to be um, very personable. Um, sometimes, um, in this field, you can get overworked and become non-personal, but this is your position, right? Um, everyone should know you in the company. That's that's my idea. Um, just working at GHQ, I like to communicate with people even if I'm not um, filling a position because referrals are our friends. Um, me and Emily have referrals from sales to project and product management yeah. because of our relationship with our candidates and with employees that work within the company. So that bring in referrals and, and being honest. 
um, when we're going through ups and downs in the company, if we're having hiring freezes, if we can't move forward with the offer at that time, being honest, candidates do remember that. I love it. it. That's actually one of the, I have a dedicated podcast episode coming up on exactly what you two just commented on. Um, I have experienced talent acquisition professionals who you can, and I'm, I'm going to use the word professional in quotation marks because they're not very professional. They sit at a desk and they get on the phone with a candidate and they ask scripted questions, no engagement. The candidates call me back and say, if that's what the culture of the company is, I'm not interested. And uh, I believe fully in what you two have just spoken about, and that's selling your company, engaging back and forth, treating that person like a human being. Mm -hmm. um, I, what you two spoke of is volumes. And if talent acquisition professionals would realize they're the ambassador to their company, and some view themselves as only the gatekeeper. And they act that part. Maybe it's a little bit of a power trip. So I don't know. But I'll be doing an entire session on this because if the talent acquisition person blows it. That candidate's not going to return any calls to come back for a second interview. As well, that talent acquisition person may put that candidate in such a defensive, flat state that they missed the opportunity to bring a superstar because that candidate was so turned off. So again, to my audience, I'll tell you, I've never once had an interview with Emily or Mania where the candidate came back and said, no, they all wanted to work for the company just based on what these two had to say. So um, really good, really good information. Um, on the flip, so I'm going to talk more about once they get past um, me and you, you know, the recruiters that, that net these people in, then starts this hiring process and we get these really good candidates to a hiring manager. What do you think the biggest mistake a hiring manager can make once they have that all-star candidate in process? The number one thing I think is they're taking too long. Um, you know, sometimes we get that rock star candidate that we're never going to find. Yes, I know hiring managers want to see maybe four to five. You know, some of them want to see 20 candidates. You never know. Um, but if we get that one person who just really sticks out to us, what are we waiting for? Like, let's get them because they're probably, especially in the software world, especially they're going to be gone within a day or two. So if we don't get them right now, secure them in with a, a rate and everything, we're going to lose them guaranteed. So I just think it's, you know, some of them take too long. And, you know, I know Monia does it as well when we, you know, do our first initial take calls with hiring managers, we tell them, you know, we kind of set expectations and, you know, let's get through the interview process and make a decision. Let's not have candidates waiting for a week or two or three, you know, because we're going to lose them guaranteed. And it doesn't, you know, it puts a bad name on the company if we do that. Absolutely. Monia, how about you? What, what mistake do you think a hiring manager makes in the process that makes them lose that all-star? Um, I've had this happen a couple of times. It may not be ideal, but they may really like a candidate, but they may try to throw them off, ask them like a tough question to see if how they'll react to that question. And, you know, the candidate can take it. Yay, they may like me or they're trying to be, you know, harsh or like, why would they ask me that? And I've had that happen a couple of times where the candidate, they, they received the position, but it was kind of taken away of them trying mm -hmm. to be so tough on them. Yeah, and, there's a, and that's actually, um, that gets into um, actual interview styles. Uh, if a hiring manager is not trained on interviewing um, that, and they ask the 
challenge questions in the wrong way. I agree. Uh, challenge questions are important. And I've actually, there's one of my podcast episodes on the um, uh, first season, we talk about how to face challenge questions. And, you know, at the end of the day, it means, you know, someone's trying to say, are you coachable? Are you self-aware? But you're right. If a hiring manager is not trained or knows how to do that, you just may offend your all-star candidate when that mm -hmm. really wasn't necessary. No, that's good stuff. Um, going back to what Emily said, uh, I, I, one of my episodes coming up will also be called Time Kills All Deals. And absolutely, mm -hmm. I hate it when they say, Emily, perfect, but I'd like to see five more. Yep. As if as if there's this hey, warehouse man. full of <laughs> yeah. they're just sitting there on a shelf. We'll pull yeah. the next ones off. And it, people are not commodities. People are different. And in today's environment, the companies who are aware and are moving fast. I have a manufacturing client. We just went through this. They have an opening in a hot market for somebody to run a very critical distribution center. Right now in today's economy, especially in manufacturing, logistics and distribution is huge. If you can't get your product from point A to point B at the right cost at the right time, you're going to lose money. You're going to lose orders. So these people are very important. I have now watched as they have had three people that they've loved. Two weeks later, they're finally saying, oh, let's bring them back. Oh, mm -hmm. sorry. I, I, already, I already took another offer because those people are in such high demand. And as Emily, who's like re recently working software, if you know that person's in high demand and that's who you're looking for, you don't wait to see if somebody else better comes along. I equate that to dating. Um, you, you really <laughs> like somebody and and uh, uh, back to high school. You want to ask her to you want to ask her to prom. But you keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And when you finally do, she says, I already got a date. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that is the worst mistake that a hiring manager can wait, as well as just prioritizing. Say, I know this is important, but I got to get this deal done. And before long, the whole week has gone by. No communication, nothing. So we'll be doing an episode on that as well. This is really good information, really good information. So um, is there anything else you two would want to say for either side, hiring managers, candidates or... Uh, Anyone? <laughs> no? Good? Um, I would just like to say, um, just far as management and with candidates, just making it a more um, personal experience, like for hiring managers to tell like one of those personable stories so the candidates can get to know them instead of like question, answer, constant answer. Um, so they can get to know more about the company or feel better at ease. Cause a lot of times candidates are very tense and they don't know, like, I'm like, you should know if you got that position. Like I tell them the tips. I'm like, you need to call me and tell me I got the position or I'm candidate one or two. And then they're like, oh, I don't know. You know, I couldn't really read the manager. So for managers to try to just open up a little bit more. Absolutely. You know, I've always told a candidate, you sell yourself from start to finish every interview. Mm -hmm. On the company side, and again, another episode that we'll be uh, doing is selling the candidate all the way through because there are people who at some point in the process may not do that. And that's the one person that can throw the whole thing off if they just turn that candidate off. And uh, it's it's what I call the uh, the, the homicide interview. <laughs> you know, you can't have good cop, bad cop in the uh, interview process. I think everyone has to be good. We, there are still ways to find out everything you need to find out. But if one person sits down and they've had a bad day and they're going to take that out on that candidate, 
that could derail the whole process. And then back at the beginning, you've got the talent acquisition people very frustrated because they had this person that wanted the job. And then suddenly, and I can usually tell when it happens, the candidate goes to that interview and then you don't hear from them. There's no thank you. There's no follow up. And they just drift off. And then you find out from the hiring manager. Well, you know, I, I was really tough on them in the interview and uh, they didn't do very well. It's like, why'd you do that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah. uh, that's a, it's a learning process for both sides. So um, we'll be working on the uh, hiring side next. So if you two don't have anything else, I, I don't as well. And I want to thank you both for being on the recruiters review and we'll have you both again. Thank you so much. You know, we've worked with Pat, I know, for a really long time. So I, I feel honored and I'm very excited that, you know, Monia and I get to be a part of this podcast representing uh, NCR Voyix and NCR Atlio. So thank you so much. Yes. Go green. <laughs> and as we close this episode, I want to highlight what you just heard. Candidates from the get go. Give that vibe that you heard about. Emily talked about the vibe she got from salespeople. You give your vibe to every interviewer in that process that you want the job and how you fit the job. Say the right things. Send your thank you emails promptly. And when given the opportunity, storyboard. I talked about that in season one in the episode where Nick Blosser joined me on. Uh, anyone can robotically answer interview questions, but it is an art to storyboard and engage with your interviewer. It will make you stand out. To the talent acquisition and hiring managers, I will have episodes on all of this, but I cannot reiterate what we heard today. Time kills all deals. If you need to hire someone in this tight labor market, don't hesitate and don't wait. Keep your candidate moving through that process and make sure that from start to end, everyone else involved in that process is not only moving fast, but they are selling your company. Remember what you don't want to do or won't do, your competing companies for that candidate, they're doing it and they're winning the candidates off the market if you're not. Until the next episode, this is Pat Mingarelli signing off from the Recruiter's Review.